you are listening to the Pleasant View Baptist Church preaching podcast. We hope today's message will be a blessing to you and your family. Thank you for taking time to listen to our preaching podcast. Amen. Well, I appreciate the singing tonight, don't you? And uh, thank the Lord for that. Amen. I'm glad I know who holds tomorrow. And uh, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what we'll be faced with tomorrow. Uh, but I sure am glad I know who holds tomorrow. Amen. And I was thinking about as she was singing that song on Saturday evening late, uh, I got a text from a lady that I grew up with and uh, her 17-year-old son had just been in a horrific accident. And... Um, uh, She'd sent me a picture, just a pitiful situation. And I wish you'd pray for him. His name's Derek. And I went to the hospital this morning, spent some time with him, and um, just busted up uh, really just about everything from his pelvis down is broke and been in a couple major surgeries already. And um, I, I told Leslie we was getting ready to come to church tonight. And I said, sure, I'm thankful I'm not sitting at the hospital with my children all busted up. Uh, but you know what? If I was, I sure am glad to know that the Lord would be there with me. Amen. And and I appreciate the singing tonight. You'll find the text in Nehemiah chapter number one tonight. Nehemiah chapter number one. <clears throat> you pray for us tonight that the Lord would help us. And uh, God knows my heart. I want to be a blessing to you the next two nights. And I want to help you um, with the help of the Lord. I can't help you, but I sure am glad that God can help you. And um, you pray for us tonight that God would give us what we need and touch us as we preach tonight. Nehemiah chapter number one. And uh, I know what the preacher preached last night, so don't think I'm going to preach what he preached last night. Um, I talked to Brother Ryan today, but I, I want to give you a little thought out of here tonight and um, see if the Lord will help us tonight. And then uh, if God doesn't change my mind, I'm going to go to the book of Acts tomorrow night in chapter 27 and 28. And uh, man, I, and I'm just going to say this in passing, um, those sailors in Acts chapter number 27 and 28 um, encountered a, a, an awful storm uh, that night, but that could have all been prevented if they would have listened to Paul. And um, if the Lord doesn't change my mind tomorrow night, I'm going to preach on that a little bit. You know what? Sometimes God uh, uh, gives us a preacher to help us in the midst of the troubles of our life. And it do us well to listen to him every once in a while. And um, so I hope you'll be faithful. Nehemiah chapter number 1. And uh, you stand with me in honor and reverence to the reading of God's word if you can. And uh, you said, preacher, why do you do that? Because in Nehemiah chapter number 8, they done that. And uh, I, I believe that it's scriptural to do that. And uh, I'll just say this in passing. I'll not park on it. I believe it's scriptural to have a wood pulpit also. Um, you find that in the book of Nehemiah. There's a lot of uh, foundational things that we can find right here. Know what your Bible said, Nehemiah chapter number one. Uh, the Bible said this, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Haggai, and it, as it, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu, uh, in the 20th year as I was in Shushan the palace, that one of, that Hanani, one of my brethren came, he and certain men uh, of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews uh, that had escaped, which were left of the uh, captivity, uh, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, uh, the remnant um, are left, the remnant um, that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and 
prayed before the God of heaven. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, um, that keepeth, uh, O Lord God of heaven, uh, uh, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him uh, and observe his commandments. Now, Father, you know the need of the service tonight. Uh, God, Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us for just a little while, Father, as we attempt to preach thy word. I pray, God, Father, that you'd clothe us in the cloak of our calling, God. I pray, God, that you'd hide us behind the cross of Calvary. God, may the people not see me, but God, may they see you through me, high and mighty lifted up tonight. Father, you know our heart's desire is to help your church tonight, God, and Lord, to help their pastor, and I pray, God, that you'd help me to do that. Father, I pray, Lord, that if there'd be anybody here tonight that doesn't know you as their Savior, God, I pray, Lord, that tonight would be the night, Father, that they come to know you as their personal Savior. God, will be careful to give you the praise, give you the glory, uh, and give you the honor in Jesus' name, that name that's above every name we pray it. Uh, amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to look here and I want to invite you to keep your Bibles open. We'll be going several places in the book of Nehemiah uh, over the next few minutes, but I want to talk to you here just a little bit out of this book of Nehemiah. I love studying uh, the book of Nehemiah, especially the first six, seven, and eight chapters of the book of Nehemiah. Uh, I love studying the leadership principles that you find here in the book of Nehemiah and how God blesses Nehemiah and his leadership efforts here. Uh, I've got several books in my office that is dealing with leadership and the basis of it is out of the book of Nehemiah. And Boy, there's so many great things uh, that you can learn. You'll find some of the key verses uh, in the book of Nehemiah is chapter number one, verse number four. When the Bible said this, uh, and it came to pass uh, when I heard these words that I sat down uh, and wept and mourned uh, certain days uh, and fasted and prayed uh, before the God of heaven. You'll also find one of the key verses being chapter number six uh, in verse number three. The Bible said this, uh, and I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and come down to you? And can I say this to you tonight by way of introduction, the work that we are in, uh, of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I just had a heart attack because there's a snake uh, laying underneath this pulpit tonight, and uh, I don't know who put it there, but um, the preacher about said things he didn't need to say in the pulpit. God help us tonight. Um, what are we preaching on? We're preaching on Nehemiah tonight, amen? And uh, did you do that, Colt? You little devil, I'll get you after service tonight. But anyway, I was trying to be serious, man. That just got my mind plumb off in a different direction tonight. Uh, but anyway, you'll find that the work that we are in, the work of serving Jesus, the work of building a church in the last days uh, is a great work that God has placed us in. Uh, and uh, it's not just any ordinary work. Uh, it is the work of God tonight. Uh, and it is a... Uh, 
a great work. We'll find here that the walls of Jerusalem have been torn down. Matter of fact, all of the gates with the exception of the water gate we find in chapter number three has been torn down. And you'll find that there's a great task that is in front of Nehemiah of building the walls of Jerusalem back. I love studying the life of Nehemiah also. You'll find that Nehemiah was not a preacher of his day. He was not a prophet of his day. Matter of fact, Nehemiah was probably not even a Sunday school teacher. Nehemiah was probably not even a quote unquote deacon. You'll find out that Nehemiah was really a political person. He was the king's cupbearer. In other words, before anything made it to the king to eat or to drink, Nehemiah was the one that tasted that. Nehemiah was a very trusted man in his day. But Nehemiah found that there was something more important than the work of the king. He found the work of the king of kings and the Lord of lords was more important than his his physical task of helping the king there in his day. I want to show you two or three things tonight about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Number one, tonight I'll preach fast, you listen fast, and we'll go to Chick-fil-A. Number one, tonight, I figured I'd get an amen on Chick-fil-A, but number one, tonight, I want you to note Nehemiah has a great concern. What did the Bible say in chapter one, verse number two? He said this, then Hananiah, one of my brethren, came he and certain men certain men of Judah, and I asked them, watch this, concerning, I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem, number one tonight, Nehemiah had a great concern. Nehemiah was concerned about the condition of his country. I don't have to say this to you tonight. I believe that you know it, but let me say it briefly tonight. Our country is in a mess tonight. The United States of America is in a mess tonight. I'm telling you, our country's headed to hell tonight, and it goes beyond our country. Or let me say it this way, it comes closer than our country. It comes even into our own county, our own community. And if we can't see that there is a need for God in the day and age which we live, then man, we've got problems tonight. Nehemiah got concerned because of the condition. Can I ask you a question tonight? What are you concerned about tonight? You may say, well, I'm concerned about this or I'm concerned about that. Hear me and hear me well. We should be concerned about the cause of Christ. We should be concerned that quite possibly in the shadow of the church steeple, there will be people die and go to devil's hell. Nehemiah was concerned in his day. I I read some things today and I I, I jotted them down. Let me give you some things tonight. 90% of churches today are in what they call a survival mode. In other words, they are hanging on to dear life and trying to make ends meet. 50% of all congregations in the United States are either plateauing or declining. I read this today. 90% of pastors work more than 46 hours a week just 
focused on church things. 80% believe that pastoral ministry affects their families negative. You say, well, preacher, why would you say anything about the conditions of pastors in our country? Because if we don't have pastors, we don't have churches. Concerned tonight. Concerned tonight, 33% of pastors say that being in the ministry is an outright hazard to their family. 75% of pastors report that they've had significant stress-related crises at least once in their ministry. As I went on to read, here's what I found out. The Barner research is showing uh, that religious activities uh, in 10 years does not translate into spiritual commitment as individuals move uh, into their 20s and their 30s. I read this, 61% of today's young adults uh, who were regularly church attendants now uh, are spiritual negligence and uh, they are walking away from it. Matter of fact, uh, I read not long ago that 80%, 80% of young people that grow up inside of church, uh, once they get out of their home, in other words, uh, they go off to college or they get married, uh, they never return turn to the church. A matter of fact, one said it this way, we are one generation away from, we are one generation away from evaporation of a church as we know it now. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. Our country is in a mess tonight. Our communities are in a mess tonight. And what we need to do as the body of Christ is be concerned about that. Be concerned about that. I, I, I thought about this. We may say that we're concerned, but can I ask you a question? How many meals have you missed praying? How many meals, in other words, while the Bible calls it as fasting, and we see it right here, how many meals have we missed praying for God to send revival to our church? Are you hearing me tonight? I'm talking about concern. Nehemiah, when he heard the condition of the people, man, he was concerned. Today, people, let's just be honest with each other. So many people today, they're not concerned about God. They're not concerned about the house of God. You can go to the ball field and it'll be packed out. You could go to Wilkesboro yesterday and you could find the racetrack packed out. But so many houses of God, matter of fact, up this year in America if it stays the course as last year there'll be 600 churches close their doors this year in America here's the reason why we're not concerned anymore uh, here's what Leonard Ravenhill said he said the reason we don't have revival is because we're content without it we're content. What is our concern tonight? Number one, I see this, Nehemiah's concern. But number two, after Nehemiah had a great concern, watch what the Bible said in chapter number one, verse number four. Chapter number one, verse number four said this, and it came to pass when I heard these words, what was the words that he heard? That Jerusalem lieth waste. The gates thereof are burned with fire. The walls was destroyed. He said, and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Number one, there was a great concern. But then number two, there was a great crying out. 
There was a great crying out. What did the Bible say? The Bible said that he fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I, I, I read this and as I was reading it, I, I, I'm a chaplain coordinator for the sheriff's office here in Surrey County. And, uh, there's been numerous times down through the years I've had to knock on someone's door in the middle of the night and do what we call a death notification. And one thing that we always try to get people to do is to allow us to step inside their home and then we always say this, will you please sit down for just a minute so I can talk to you. We always ask them to sit down. A lot of times whenever you show up in the middle of the night as a chaplain from a sheriff's office with a deputy with you, people's not going to sit down. They automatically, something goes off in their mind. But we always try to get them to sit down. Here's the reason why. There's been numerous times I've told somebody uh, I've done a death notification and they would collapse uh, because of the great grief uh, that had just came over them. Whenever I read this about Nehemiah, the Bible said this, he sat down that day. I believe Nehemiah's heart was so broken uh, and Nehemiah's mind was so overwhelmed uh, because of the condition uh, of his country that he sat down uh, and the Bible said this, that he wept uh, and he mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. If there's ever been a day in age that we need to pray, it's in the day and age which we live. You want to see things happen here at the church, then you start fasting and you start praying and I promise you, you'll see God do things that only he can do. There was a great crying out. Watch, watch your Bible. Let's, let's follow it. Just a minute, go with me. Chapter number 1, verse number 11. Chapter number 1, verse number 11. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attended to the prayer that thy servant and to the prayer of thy servant. You see, it all starts with leadership. It all starts, everything you've heard the old saying, everything rises and falls on leadership. What happens in chapter number one, verse number four? Nehemiah begins to pray. What happens in verse number 11? The servant Nehemiah is still praying. But watch this, now the servants, plural, in other words, others, has caught the load with Nehemiah. They've caught the vision with Nehemiah. And now they're praying. Watch this, watch your Bible, chapter 2, verse 4. The latter portion says this, So I prayed to the God of heaven. Watch this, go with me, chapter 4, chapter 4, verse number 4. Look what your Bible said. Hear, O our God. Look in verse number 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God. Chapter number 5, look in chapter 5, verse 19. Think upon me, uh, my God. Chapter 6, verse number 9. The Bible said, Now therefore, uh, O God, strengthen my hands. Uh, Look in verse number 14. He said, My God, think thou uh, upon Tobiah and Sambalat. You know what he's doing as we read through these six chapters? uh, Nehemiah is praying. uh, He's talking to the Lord. uh, He's asking God to do something. There was a great crying out. Matter of fact, what did the Bible say? The Bible said this. Chapter number one, verse number one. 
the Bible said it was the month of, and if I don't say this right, uh, you can say it your way, Chislu. Whenever you study that out, it's the month of what we know as December. Look in chapter number 2, verse number 1. <clears throat> and it came to pass in the month of Nisan. I had one of them one time. And, and I painted a big fat guy on the back glass and it said the heartbeat of Japan. Y'all will get it in a minute. A Nisan, a Nissan came in the month of Nisan. Whenever you study that out, that's the month of April. Here's what I found out. December, January, February, March, then comes what? April. Five months from chapter number one, verse one, to chapter two, verse number one. And you know what Nehemiah is doing? Here's what he's doing. Oh God, you see the condition of our country. Oh God, you see the condition of the walls of Jerusalem being broke down. Oh God, would you do something? Would you do something? We'll learn really how concerned you are by how much you cry out. By how much you cry. You know, praying is one of the greatest assets that we have as a Christian tonight. Being able to talk to the God of heaven. I don't have to go through the Pope with no hope that calls itself father, dresses like mother and can't have babies. I'm glad that I've got direct access into the throne room of God tonight. I'm glad that I can bow on an unworthy knee and say, oh God, I'm glad that I can be riding down the road. I'm glad that I can be sitting at my desk. I've got access to God tonight. There was a great crying out. Number one, there's a great concern. Number two, there's a great crying out. Watch this, go with me to chapter number three. Or chapter number 2. Look in chapter number 2. The Bible said this. Look in verse number 17. Chapter 2 verse 17. Then said I unto them. This is Nehemiah. Ye see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lieth waste. And the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem. Nehemiah got concerned. Nehemiah prayed to God. And then you know what Nehemiah done? He stands up and gives a challenge. He says, hey, look, people, you see the distress that we're in? You see the distress, can I say it this way? You see the distress of our county? You see the distress of our community? You see the distress of our churches today and the condition of our churches? And here's what Nehemiah says. I can't do it by myself. I've got to have some help. I've got to have somebody to come alongside with me. And Nehemiah gives a challenge. Come on. Let's build up the wall together. Let me tell you what you need to do right here at, at, at Pleasant View. Am I saying that right? I say Mount Pleasant all the time for some reason. Pleasant View Baptist Church. Let me tell you what you need to do tonight. You need to, you need to bog in right beside your pastor. 
and say, you know what, pastor, we're going to build the walls up. We're going to build the walls up. You know what, pastor, we're going to pack the pews out. You know what, pastor, we're going to believe God. We see the condition of our community tonight. I'm telling you, Surrey County needs Jesus tonight. I love it. I love living here. But I know a lot about this place that a lot of people don't know just because of being with the sheriff's office. And I'm telling you tonight, our county needs Jesus tonight. Our churches need a breath of God tonight. Let me tell you what amazing grace needs tonight. It needs a breath of God tonight. We need God. We need to reach our community. And the pastor cannot do it by himself. So Nehemiah says, hey, come on, let's do this together. Come on, let's do this together. We, um, in our church, I'm going to slow down and give you an illustration and I'll finish up. In our church, we love to knock on doors. And uh, uh, people was asked down through the past 17 years of being there, Brother Jonathan, what do you accredit the growth of the church? And I said, number one, God. Number two, world missions. Number three, knocking on doors. Amen. It's the great commission. That's what it is. And you know this, but last Thursday... We came over here. Our family was out of town, uh, but we're going to get with Brother Heath and knock on doors with him. But our family or our church came and they helped you knock on doors. You say, well, why did they do that? Here's the reason that they done that. Come now, let us build up the wall together. Come now, let us build up. It'll be a great day in the Baptist people's life when they realize we're not against each other. It's no big churches and little churches. It's all God's church and we're all on the same team. Come on, let's build the wall together. And I says, I gotta have some help. I can't do it by myself. Number four, watch this. You with me? Chapter number four. Chapter number three. I'm not going to stop there. Chapter number three has become one of my favorite chapters of the book of Nehemiah. And it's nothing to do with the gates. It's all to do with watching the teamwork in chapter number three. It's amazing. Chapter number four, let me give you something. Chapter number four, I told you I wasn't going to bog down there. Verse number six. The Bible said this, watch this. Chapter number four, verse number six. So built we the wall. And all the walls joined together into the half thereof. Now, if you underline in your Bible, I want to invite you to underline this next statement. For the people had a mind to work. For the people had a mind to work. There was a concern. There was a crying out. There was a challenge. But now watch this. There's a cooperation. Did y'all get that word? Cooperation. You know what that means? That means they work together. There was a cooperation. In other words, there was no big eyes and little U's or big U's and little eyes. They just all jumped in and worked together. You go back to chapter number three, you'll find that he uses everybody in chapter number three. You'll find that there is those that could lay bricks or rocks. They would have a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other hand. You'll find that there are those who just prayed. And can I say something? It's not just praying. 
But hear me and hear me well. There comes a time in our life where physically we're not able to do as we once did. We have some older people in our church and they can't knock on doors like they once did. So you know what they do? They pray. They pray. Cooperation. Cooperation. I think one of the things that kills churches so many times is when they begin to grow other people begins to do things. And they get, don't get tied on me right here, okay? I move them, don't get tied on me. But they think, well, you know what? Bless God, I've done that for 437 years. There ain't nobody else gonna do it. Hear me and hear me well. If you do everything, you limit God. You limit God. One of the, I'll just say this, and and, and I'm not here to talk about Amazing Grace, but I want to say this in passing. When I went to Amazing Grace 17 years ago, I can't believe it's been that long, Dakota, but 17 years ago, there was 21 people voted me in as pastor. And and not long after I went, there was some decided that they wished they'd have voted no, and they left. (laughs) So it ended up with, with my four, it ended up about 15 of us when we really started. Here's what I found out. For years, I tried to do everything. Man, I'm telling you, I tried to do everything. And an older preacher by the name of Brother Noah Fry sat me down one day. And here's what he said. You're limiting God by doing everything. He said, you can't do but so much. He said, what you've got to learn is to allow other people to do things and when others do things with you, more will get done. And boy, you know what I've done? I took his advice until we started building about seven or eight months ago. Then I tried to do it all again and and then I decided I was going to let Brother Heath do a lot of it and he got mad and left and come over here. Somebody said, I'm glad for it. I'm glad to. That sounded wrong. I'm not glad that he left. I'm glad that he's where God wants him to be. So, preach, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying to us tonight, church. We can get concerned. We can cry out. We can listen to a challenge. But if we're ever going to grow, there's got to be cooperation. There's got to be that time where we realize, you know what? Somebody else can help. Somebody else can pull alongside. Somebody else can do this. Somebody else can do that. There was a cooperation. They all worked together. I'll show you one thing in closing. Chapter 6. I I promise you, I'm writing out. It's just 15 minutes till 8. Watch this. Chapter 6, verse number 15. I love this verse. Look what the Bible said. So the wall was finished and in the 20th and 5th day of the month of Elu. Now watch this. In 52 days. A great completion. In 52 days. Now let me just say something. The wall is two and a half miles long, 39 feet high, and 8 foot thick. It's not a little bitty wall. It's not a wall as this is right here. It's a wall that surrounds hundreds of acres. And the Bible said this, it lieth waste. There was was waste there. 
But when others saw waste, Nehemiah saw possibility. And Nehemiah says, you know what? I'm going to pray. Now I'm going to see what God says about this. He got concerned. He prayed. God said, stand up and challenge the people to build the wall back. He challenged it. The people got together and worked together. And guess what happened? 52 days later, there was a great completion. They finished the work. In 52 days, they finished the work. They finished it. Why? It all goes back to this right here. They listened to the challenge that their, let me preach it in our dispensation, that their man of God gave them. They listened to him. They said, you know what? Nehemiah, if that's what we need to do, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to, hey, Nehemiah, we're going forward, man. Nehemiah, we're going to move on. Nehemiah, we're going to build the walls back. Nehemiah, what you want me to do? Nehemiah, I'll do it. Nehemiah, I'll do this. Nehemiah, I'll do that. And boy, 52 days later, Guess what? The wall is standing. The wall is standing. So I want to ask you this question. Madeline, do you care to come start playing softly? I want to ask you this question tonight. Where's your place at on the wall? Will you listen to a challenge? Will you decide that with the help of God, with the help of God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find my place. I'm going to cooperate I, you know what? There's going to be differences. There's going to be times you don't see the eye to eye on things. But here's what we do. We work through those differences. There was times, I guarantee you, in Nehemiah's day, that they butted heads a little bit. But you know what they done? They ended up working through that and finished the task. And finished the task. I hope I don't upset nobody right now. God knows my heart. I would never do that. God knows my heart. But if somebody don't get concerned, if somebody don't cry out, if somebody don't listen to a challenge and cooperate together, you know what's going to happen to Amazing Grace Baptist Church? It'll be a has-been of a church. It'll be just like the 600 other churches that closed their doors. You mean tell you what's going to happen at Pleasant View? The exact same thing. You mean tell you what's going to happen to every other church in this county? The exact same thing. I'm not sending one church out. That's what's going to happen. I could take you to a church tonight. I could take you, you know exactly which church I'm talking about. I could take you to a church tonight that 10 years ago, if you'd have walked in that church, it was packed out. I've been to that church when I sit over against the wall, Brother Dakota. I sit over against the wall in a little bitty chair. Me and John Dorsey scrunched up like this because it was so packed out. It's so packed out. People was being saved. God was blessing. And they turned. And they had a, they had a man of God that loved God. They turned on him. And I'm going to tell you something they might as well close the doors today. It's just right before closing the doors. Hey, the, the, the wall's lying waste. Who's going who's gonna to accept the challenge tonight? Man, let's build the wall together. Let's build the wall together. Let's build the wall together. Brother Jonathan's over at Shining Light, just right up the road here, just right now or some way or another. He's that way. 
just right the other way. Brother Josh is at Willis Gap. Just right over the ridge, Brother Scotty is at Pilot View. Just right over that way, Brother Chris is at Shield of Faith. You know what? All those guys are out of our church and you know what we want to do? We want to pull alongside. Let's build the wall back together. Let's win Surrey County together. Let's do something for God together. Come now, let us build up the walls of Jerusalem together. Father, as we stand tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, Father, you know the need of this service and God, I've tried my best. God, just obey you and to listen to you. And God, I really believe this is where you wanted us at tonight. So God, I pray, Lord, that you take our feeble efforts and bless them. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. There's a few moved around the altar tonight. I wonder if there'd be others that would just slip out of your pew. Maybe find your way, even if you can't bow in an altar, sit down on the front bench and just say, hey, Lord, with your help, I'm going to find my place on the wall. Lord, with your help, I just want to cooperate. I just want to serve you. I want to see you do a great work in our church. God, with your help, we're moving forward, God, and I'm going to do something. Everybody's got a place on the team. Everybody does. You say, preacher, what can I do? That's something everybody can do. I promise you that. As these are moving around the altar, man, may we find our place and do something for Him. The Lord's coming soon. The Lord's coming soon. Won't be long. I don't believe with all of my heart. I believe He's coming soon. Our Father, you know each and every need that's bowed in this altar tonight. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd meet them as only you can. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd bless, uh, Lord, the, the pastor and his congregation. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd use him here. God, I pray, Lord, that the day comes, Brother Heath calls and says, Preacher, we didn't even have a place to sit them today. Preacher, we had to get chairs out. God, we know you're able to do that. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd do that. Father, may we find our place and serve you in these last days. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.